So the reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Good morning. It's quite a privilege to be here, standing in front of you, speaking for the first time. As Patrick uh, said, I'm, I'm a member of this church. Um, I'm usually to be found in the cheap seats towards the back, so it's nice to have all this uh, extra space up the front. Until recently, um, I was working at CSW. Uh, I spent just over 10 years working there, and I retired in, in July. Um, my connection with CSW now is I'm a trustee, I became a trustee, so it was one of these things that stopped working, start becoming a trustee, just like that. And um, I also volunteer there just a few hours a week. So it's with that in mind, I feel that I have the, uh, the, the credentials to come and speak to you this morning about CSW. Um, I want to cover four things uh, this morning. The first, um, for those of you who don't know about CSW, it's just a very brief reminder of what we're all about and why. Um, secondly, I want to just give you three updates um, since uh, Scott Barr, that's uh, CSW's chief executive, he spoke here last November, and I uh, just want to give you three updates um, uh, since that time. I'll spend most of my time going into, uh, into a, a story. It, it is somebody who Scott spoke about last November, but I just want to take that story forward, and as I say, I'll spend most of my, my time there. And lastly, I'll just... Um, suggest, as, as Patrick's hinted, uh, how we might respond this morning. So first of all, CSW, what, what, what's it all about? What does it do? Um, we're a UK-based organization, and we have a vision of a world free from religious persecution where everyone can practice a religion or belief of their choice. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like this, doesn't it? 
people who can you know, wander up the road uh, or, or come by car, however you came this morning, freely, no, no worries at all as to, you know, are you going to be attacked or if things are going to be thrown, thrown at you as, you as you come to church. And no one's worried now as to whether the police are coming through that door any minute to, to take Patrick away or me. We, we don't have those worries. We have religious freedom here in this country. We work through... Um, uh, a team of specialist advocates, and those advocates work on uh, roughly 30 countries around the world, places um, like Myanmar, Pakistan, Iran, Cuba. And our advocacy involves raising awareness of religious freedom violations and speaking the truth to power in places like the United Nations, um, and also directly to those 30 countries of, of focus but we do it here in the UK as well to, to our own parliamentarians and we do it on Capitol Hill in Washington and we, uh, we still do it at the European Parliament. Uniquely, we are a voice that speaks up for those of all faiths and, and we do that, we do it as Christians. If we just think very briefly of what's happening in a country like uh, Myanmar, or India, Pakistan, all the minority faiths are persecuted. It isn't just Christians that are persecuted. All the minority faiths are persecuted. And we don't feel the right reaction as Christians is to simply say, let's have special day for Christians and forget about everyone else. We feel the right Christian response is to advocate for everyone, and that's why we do it. We do it, as I say, not because we are persecuted here in the UK, but bit of what's going on around the world in some of those places that, that I mentioned. And we, we do as well just thinking of some words from uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, which uh, likens the church to being one body with many parts, each part just as important as the other. And it finishes by saying, if one member suffers, we all suffer together. And that should be our response. And friends, one member is suffering one member of that body is suffering, and that's a very large member. Can we have the next slide, please? Thank you. So 84% of the world's population, 84% live in countries with high or very high restrictions on their religious freedom. And obviously, with Christianity being the largest faith group, that means a very large number of our brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, are suffering around the world. And just very briefly, I mean, it's things like in, in, in China where churches are regular, regularly raided, the congregations harassed. I, I wasn't joking when I said, you know, would the police um, come through the door just now? I mean, I've seen videos of people having to run the gauntlet as they come into church. And it's, it's people have got, um, um, uh, I was going to say dog tags, that's probably not the right, right word. But I, I can see Brian back there, he's, he's got a lanyard around his neck. And these videos, they're running the gauntlet through people. They've all got security lanyards on. These are the Chinese secret police. And they have to run through that to get to church. It looks like people in Pakistan, and their careers are limited just because of their faith for no other reason. It looks like schoolgirls in Nigeria, who we prayed about Leah Sheribu in the past, abducted and held, and I could go on and on and on. And the situation is got not getting better. The situation is getting worse. I suspect many, many of us um, 
tuned into the uh, the mini budget recently. Was it was it wasn't last Thursday? It was the Thursday before, wasn't it? Uh, probably quite a few of us watched that. I suspect, and I could be wrong here, I'm the only one who watched a debate in Parliament in the afternoon, and it was a <laughs> maybe Jez watched it. <laughs> um, it was a debate on um, the, the persecution of Christians around the world and what our government is doing to help. And speaker after speaker stood up and said time and time again that things are getting worse around the world. Not only in th those 30 countries that I mentioned, but countries are, are being added to that list all the time. Nicaragua, for example, got mentioned, and that's a country which CSW has started work on quite recently. So things, sadly, are getting worse, not better. I'll move on now just to my three brief updates since uh, last November. We, as I say, are, are an advocacy organization, and we do that by gathering information, by going to the 30 countries of focus and, and gathering information. So in July, just before I retired, I was asked to take part on one of those fact-finding trips, and I, I went to Egypt. I, sh I should stress, I wasn't there as an advocate. I, I don't have that skill and I certainly don't have the language to, uh, to participate in, in, in meetings in Egypt. I was just there to support a colleague. And my very brief reflection on what's happening in Egypt is, it's a country where, unlike, say, China, uh, the government at the top of society is actually quite supportive of, of the church. The church is allowed to play a central role in, in Egyptian society. President Sisi himself has spoken out a number of times, and he's visited churches. He's very, very positive. Having said all that, if you speak out, if you're not happy with um, exactly how Christians are being treated in, in, in Egypt, and you speak out about it, um, sadly, things um, are quite difficult for you. And I met some Rami. Rami's a Coptic activist, and he, he was released from prison um, roughly three months before I met him. He'd served two years in, in an Egyptian prison, which I suspect is not a great place to be. And he was charged with a number of things. And one of the things he was charged with was being part of a terrorist organization. And it's interesting because that organization was never, ever named. But I know some people who are part of that organization. And I'm looking at them now. That's what he was part of. And he spent two years in prison for that. My second update is, is on um, something that happened this July in London. Um, our own government um, put on an international conference where leaders from around the world came to focus on religious freedom. 88 countries in total were represented. Over a thousand delegates were there. CSW was at the heart of organizing and running aspects of the conference. And we also brought uh, victim survivors and advocates to the UK to give their testimonies. And I think one of them spoke here in, in July when he, he came to visit. At the end of the conference, Mervyn Thomas, uh, so that's CSW's uh, founder president, who I, has also spoken here, he said the conference was clear proof of the very high awareness of the issue. But he went on to say, the next thing we have to do is to move on from awareness to action. And that is the challenge that faces us. My third update is, is on trends, which uh, CSW uh, has been monitoring. 
And, and the one I want to share with you is, is probably at the top of, of the list uh, of, of things that we've noticed. And that's a crackdown by authoritarian regimes such as China and Cuba. And they're cracking down uh, on, on all faiths. In his re-election, if, if, if that's the right word, in his re-election speech, uh, President Xi said, all faiths must become more Chinese and religions should be actively guided to fit the socialist society. Actively guided to fit the socialist society. And you don't need to look any further than the two million Uyghurs who are currently in re-education camps to see what that means. Or perhaps differently, I was just reading this morning of, of how um, if you're a registered church uh, in China, and this would be under... Um, Patrick's equivalent in, in, in terms of leadership, they would have to be singing hymns which um, praised the CCP. And the CCP would be spoken of in, in, in equal terms with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's not the gospel I recognize. I'm going to move on now to, uh, yeah, to, to just share a story, share a family with you. And, that, and that's a family which uh, Scott Bauer uh, spoke about last, last November. And I'll just take that story a little further. And it's um, concerning Pastor Lorenzo, a Cuban um, pastor who was arrested just for going on a peace, peaceful protest. And if you were here last November, you remember many of us queuing up to sign a petition calling on the Cuban government for his release. And I'll, I'll, I'll come back to uh, that petition in, in a minute. But let me just take you first back to 2012. In that year, Pastor Lorenzo's church was attacked and confiscated by the Cuban authorities. And that harassment went, went on day in, day out, year in, year out for the next nine years. So perhaps not too surprisingly, he went on that protest in July 2021. And I should just say, in terms of that harassment, I mean, it was not unique to his church. It was the fact that he, he's part of an unregistered church. And that's um, the sort of thing that can happen in, in, in many countries, Cuba being one, one example, China another. Those church, churches which register with the authorities are, ex, are expected to act in a certain way. CSW's recent report on Cuba concluded... All religious groups are targeted to varying degrees, usually tied to levels of perceived lack of support or cooperation with the government. And Pastor Lorenzo was not cooperating with the government. And so, perhaps not surprisingly, after his arrest, he was held for five months in jail. He then was, and this was just after we all signed that position, petition last, uh, uh, last November, he was tried, and he was tried for disrespect, assault, criminal incitement, and public disorder. And he was sentenced to seven years in a maximum security prison. This is a pastor for church who went on a peaceful protest. Coming back to the petition which many of us signed, it was signed by many other people around the UK and around the world. And in February, uh, I went with colleagues at CSW to, to hand a petition in to the Cuban embassy in, in central London. 
Uh, and when we got there, the door was locked. And so we pressed the in intercom. And um, the first thing that uh, we, we, we heard was they were calling the police, which I thought was an interesting uh, reaction. We, we, we had no option. Um, thank you. We had no option but to post the petition. And this was just copies, by the way, I, I, sh I should say. We still have the originals. We posted the petition under the door. And minutes later, it came back ripped up. That's what they thought of our petition. We went back to the embassy uh, this July to, to, to mark the first anniversary of his arrest. And this, this time, uh, the police were waiting for us. And um, we, we think that uh, the Cuban authorities, like many other authorities uh, who, who we advocate against, they're, they're monitoring our website. So they, they, they knew when we were, we were about to turn up, they were waiting for us. The police were there. Were we arrested? Of course we weren't. We had a very pleasant chat with the police. They asked us to, to keep clear of the road. We were, we were standing, you know, within yards of a busy London road. They said, you know, please just keep, keep away from the road and also keep away from the, uh, the embassy door, which was fine because the door was locked again. Quite a contrast to Pastor Lorenzo's experience. There have, however, ever been encouragements from CSW's wider advocacy. The calls that we've seen include calls from the, Europe, uh, the United Nations and the European Parliament for his release. And we've seen very strong statements from the US and British governments. As with so many that we advocate for, sometimes the focus can be just on, on the one person, but let's just widen it out a little because the harassment so often goes beyond that one person. And in this case, we're looking at Pastor Lorenzo's family. His wife, Marielena, has recently said, we've had to face challenges that we could never have imagined, but God gave us the strength to continue. And one of those challenges is quite simple. Just because of who her husband is, she lost her job. Her 17-year-old son, David, was arrested on the same day as his father, 11th of July, 2021, and he disappeared for seven days. Seven days when... No one knew where he was. In a recent article for CSW, he spoke of how difficult his life has been, what he and his friends face every day in Cuba. He said, it is a great challenge for any young Christian who attends a church that is unregistered and does not agree to work with the regime. Again, that theme that if you work with the regime, fine. If you don't, watch out. It was people like this and, and so many others who um, I don't have time to, to share with you this morning that put me in mind of that passage from Philippians. And thank you, Fiona, for reading that. So what happened to Paul over 2,000 years ago is still happening today. But not only is the imprison, imprisonment continuing, but so too the reaction of those in prison. We see Paul turn the tables on his guards they're chained to him, but ultimately he flips that on its head. And they have no option, do they, friends, but to listen to the good news. And I don't know how long it took, but um, I suspect not long before the whole palace guard, not just one or two, but the whole palace guard had heard that message.
And as I say, that's still happening today. We recently had a letter from Pastor Lorenzo, and it's addressed uh, to CSW and our supporters. So it's addressed to everyone here. And he says, I am pastoring rebellious men here in prison. It makes me very happy to be able to help them laugh again and that their lives can have meaning in Jesus Christ. Amazing. So we can say this morning with complete confidence that his chains are advancing the gospel. And as I say, there is nothing, nothing unique about him at all. I could equally have said Pastor Wang Yi in China, Pastor Nadakani in Iran, Professor Tarfa in Nigeria, and I could go on and on. Their chains are advancing the gospel. And I have met some of these people and I've been on Zoom calls with some of them. They are extraordinary people. And speaking to them, I've heard echoes of other parts of Paul's letter where he speaks of confidence, joy, and thankfulness, and love. Pastor Lorenzo also writes, I have contentment, peace, joy, no matter the circumstances that surround me. If you'd like to read the whole letter, I've got some copies that are on the table at the back. As I say, it is addressed to you, so please do feel free to, to take a copy. My final brief reflection on that passage is from those last few words. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And that's a wonderful picture, isn't it? And I think Patrick's hinted at it already. That chain reaction that, uh, that uh, is, is, is spreading out from Paul's imprisonment and all those others who are in prison that chain reaction spreading out from there, people becoming confident because of what those people are going through and how they're responding. And of course, that, that chain reaction trickles out all, all the way to us. It, it includes us. Um, the passage that I mentioned from Corinthians, um, at one point, it, it talks about how each part of the body, and that's each one of you, is indispensable indispensable. We're all part of God's amazing plan. Before I go on to just give you some thoughts as to what that might look for each one of us, I just want to um, explain it in, in slightly different terms, and this, this may be helpful or it may not. Uh, and I'm going to risk life and limb by using a, a sporting analogy. And, and for reasons which I mean I can't think of, I'm going to avoid uh, rugby and football. Um, don't know why. So we'll go with uh, we'll, we'll go with tennis. So Andy Murray, yeah. Most of the time, when you're watching Andy, you know the focus is on him. And um, but every so often, usually when he's having a bit of a chunter to himself, he he you know you you see the people in the box, don't you? And maybe it says uh, his, his coach, his manager, etc. But beyond that level, there's another tier, isn't there? There's the, the dietitian and, and so on. And below that and below that. And I mean, it, it, it spreads out. There's an enormous team um, looking, at, looking after Andy. And if Andy doesn't get, you know, fed the right diet, you know, and Andy fades in the second set, doesn't he? If his team don't find him the right place to live and he doesn't sleep well, he fades in, in, he 
he feeds in the fourth set. Um, I don't know if he gets the fifth set these days. Um, <laughs> anyway, you get the idea. The, the team is enormous, and God's team is enormous. It includes everyone sitting here this morning. So with that in mind, how, how might we respond to what I've been sharing this morning? Well, I've got three ways to suggest. The first one is in solidarity. Um, I, I've shared about Pastor Lorenzo's letter, and uh, it is incredible to think that, that somebody um, uh, uh, wrote to him, and uh, it's, it's done typically through a resource which CSW has, and there's some at the back, called Connect and Encourage, and it gives you a list of names and addresses, and you can write to people. And um, I, I've sometimes wondered, what's the point? Um, you know, does, does the letter ever get to where it's supposed to, to get to? And it's amazing uh, how often we hear that those letters do get through. And I'm going to give you my final quote from his, his letter. He writes, I want to thank you through this letter for your support and Christian love, especially my brothers and sisters who encourage me with their letters. So they, they do get through. And I should just say, sometimes the ones that don't, the family get them. So his, his wife and son, um, I'm sure, will also have seen the letters and then be, be, have, have been encouraged uh, by, by those letters. Um, secondly, being bolder. Just um, yeah, yeah, that um, effect I, w- I was talking about. Yeah, m- maybe just consider um, the next time CSW's um, asking people to go up and deliver a petition. Why not come along? Um, having done it a few times, I can heartily recommend it. Uh, you, you, you get some interesting reactions. Um, the first time I did it was outside the Nigerian embassy when uh, Leah Sharibu's mother came, came to the UK and we, we stood outside the, the embassy. And um, it's interesting to see which way people go. There are people who cross the road to avoid you, but there's also people who cross the road to find out what it's all about. And it's just an amazing opportunity to... to, to to, to share, it's slightly scary to start with when you're standing on the, uh, you know, <laughs> this busy street and you're singing and praying and holding up banners. Uh, but uh, yeah, be encouraged, be 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 bolder. Um, my, the final thing is, and it's it's maybe should have been at the top of the list, um, is is thanksgiving and prayer. Prayer, of course, is is our most powerful and effective weapon. And it's something that, uh, yeah, we, we, we can do ourselves at, at any time. CSW, like so many organizations, has a prayer diary. Please um, do take one there at the back. You can also sign up for a, a prayer email. But there's, yeah, there's so much that, you know, can be prayed about on this. And, um, and that's where I would like to end. Um, I'd like to end by thanking God for some of those amazing people that I've been talking about this morning thanking God for them, but also praying for them, and also praying for the, the many that, that, that only God knows. And um, if Patrick allows, um, I'm going to suggest we do this together. I know it's slightly radical, but uh, he's smiling. I think it's, it's, it's going to be okay. I might get asked back. So, friends, in solidarity, I would like us to pray together, and I will lead. Father God, We thank and praise you for those around the world who inspire and embolden us through their response to the persecution they face every day. We pray for them, knowing that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ.
united by your love for us into one worldwide family. We pray that you will grant strength, courage, and protection to those who you love. Guidance and wisdom for when their path seems impossible to tread and hope for a future where they have the freedom to worship you without fear. Amen.